And then I'll make it look like we were talking about Samson, like, while I turn the things on. So, like, it's like, you know, organic conversation leading into the show. Oh, and now we have to start. I'll do something like that. Okay. So, Samson. Yes. So, uh, this is kind of his first year playing, like, as a starting uh, goalie as part of the varsity team. Of course, his first year in varsity. Um, But, like, he's doing really well so far. He's gotten a lot better since the beginning of, uh, since summer, which is, we train the entire summer. Uh, he's gotten a lot better since the beginning of summer. Um, he's actually been doing really well versus some of the best teams in the nation. Uh, we recently had Elite Eight, which is top eight in the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up getting seventh, but we beat the fifth place team. So, wow. so are you the most likely bad. on the team to like commit suicide? <laughs> uh Yes. If you play varsity sports at Bellarmine, you don't really get much sleep. So, uh, especially if you have a ton of... You get home at 9 p.m., a couple APs, you know, you're up until midnight every yeah, night. Exactly. Yeah. Did, uh, Plus morning practice. So yeah. Big mountain man Joe Stouffer, he had a tenure <laughs> on the water polo team. What? I, I was heard, not aware of this. I heard that this. he played goalie freshman year. I did not know that, no. Well, he's a mountain man, friend of the program. Well, yeah, no, he's in my English class. He's kind of a beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. He's something. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay. Now I... I mean, you know, that was great organic talk, but and I think the, we... Who's the other one? Get- um, you could really give it to anyone else in our cl- grade, <laughs> but uh, I was... Give it to Pearson. The, the person I was the thinking of was Pearson off the top of my head just because of the number of uh, APs he's taken. I think he's taken three, and... Uh, it's just, you can tell his will to live is just dissipated to the point of no return. And he joined 254, so he's got that on himself. Exactly. Now. Yeah, he's, and now he's, he's, now he's robotics. a poof. Yeah. He's no longer an athlete because he joined 254. Yeah. He's a poof now. Yeah. Plus, the entire water polo team knows he doesn't really do anything. So we kind of give him... Like, at pr- practice, he doesn't do anything? Well, no, in uh, robotics. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like part of <laughs> so, the gag. Yeah, exactly. So we're like, dude, it's smart. Like, get that on your resume. Like, yeah. we give him props for that, but then it's we just all kind of give him a ton of crap for it. Mm-hmm. Right on. Um, I guess now we should probably head into the show. Um, <laughs> well, I'm Nick, and uh, we've got Matt McKim in the studio with uh, Jack Morris on the other mic, and uh, this is In Front of Your Back, brought to you by Moker Media at the front forefront of media. And FRAC, F-F-R-A-C, FRAC, Fossil Fuels Research and Awareness Club. Okay, well, we got Matt McKim. Um, he's on his BS, as always. He needs no introduction. Everyone knows everything about Everybody this guy. knows the Matt 
I mean, we've, you know, we're, we've, we've now with Pearson, we kind of have an in on the water polo team. Oh, yeah. He's, we've uh, had Max. Kind of asserted. We've had Max. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've That's kind, kind of, of a different personality, though. Yeah. That's no, a, d- very different. Yeah, is, he, yes. is he good at water polo? Yeah. He's actually, he's. I already turned it around player, last actually. season. Yeah, he has an insane shot. Like his uh, his shots really nice. He would it's not have the only shot. shots that he's mm-hmm. good at. No, he takes a lot of them too. Oh yeah, he yeah. takes a lot of shots. Uh-huh. We need to get Augie. Oh yo, Augie would be great. Just the dry humor, the absolute like that's pretty good, eh? He always says a. I don't know. Why. Just that that country club level. Exactly. Smirks. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Amber Alert. Yeah. Oh, that oh, was, that was crazy. You got the presidential alert. I'm assuming yeah. that's FEMA. Mm, maybe it's actually the president. Yeah. No, maybe no, he's but that's, that's the EPS. That, that is FEMA. Though. Could have been EPS. It wouldn't be. Why would it be the EPS? Environmental emergency. Could be Nick? FEMA. Possible alternative to Twitter for our president. <laughs> but it wouldn't be presidential if it was EPS. I mean, FEMA. he is the head of the EPS. EPA. He's also the head of the country. He's, not, he's not the head of the EPA. Indirectly. What are you talking about the EPS? It's EPA. Okay. Voting I don't think most people your... care about anything anymore, like, at, at all. I don't. Yeah. No, I'm, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. The environment is a bygone at this point. Mm-hmm. You know what they say about bygones. Just, Just let, let them be, be bygones. bygones. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so, Matt, what is... The biggest thing water the water polo team is doing wrong, and how can you fix that? Oh, uh, give us the keys the to the keys game. Keys to the game. Um, currently, our team just doesn't communicate very well. Um, we kind of have a lot of really talented players that just um, have issues kind of finding each other. I don't know how to explain this. Like in basketball, um, you got a lot of like. Um, you know about the all-star team? There was one year where we had, like, our all-star team was a ton of the best basketball players in the world, but they weren't as insane as you'd expect them to be just because they weren't good enough at playing together. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what we're going through right now, I think. Well, yeah, and everybody's not in the MJ where they're getting the ball to the other people at the right times, right? You get yeah, to some exactly. people where they're really good and they just want to take it to the... Mm-hmm you know, to the rim every time and stuff. I've got an idea for a team bonding that you okay. should suggest. Hit me with it. So you guys go out and, like, just kill a guy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, like, you have to, maybe with, like, mm-hmm. a shovel, something brutal. And then yeah. you got to hide Or, like, sp- spoons. Silver spoons. A every clock. person gets a silver spoon. A clock. Everyone gets a clock. But, like, what's And you got to kill the guy. Head? So you kill the guy, but that's yeah. not the important Is part. Is it, like, a randomly chosen dude or just some, uh... Yeah. Oh, okay. Randomly guy. chosen, so it's well, fair. it's up to the team's right? discretion. You could you pick a guy. Choose. So you kill this guy. Mm-hmm. Do it brutally, but then you hide him. Yeah. So you like you know you do like the mob thing where they deal with it. They take him to the dumpster. They take him you know the Sopranos thing. They take him to the butcher and cut him up. You know, do whatever. Yeah. But you got to hide that body. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's got that secret with them. So then you really are stuck and mm-hmm. forced to bond because you yeah. got to know who's right or die. If someone. Is gonna if someone's you know, gonna give if someone's you gonna up, be a rat, then you know they're giving you gotta take him they're, out they're, too. They're giving everybody up. So yeah. I don't think I think that it it forces the team to you know who's who's a real one who's who's a ride or die and who's uh you know. Yeah, I like it honestly. I I like that idea. 
That's, think, what, I've, that's what I've been thinking about. Uh, I, I think it would really benefit our team. You think? I think it'd work. I I do too, honestly. Because it would it would be like teamwork examples with mm-hmm. the the process of it, yeah. and then there's a psychological aspect. Yeah, exactly. Too. No, I I like it. I think it's a a interesting approach, but the results would definitely be uh, substantial. I think. Yeah, you could. I think return on investment. The ends with the ends justify the means. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one I, team's bonding is greater than one person's life, for sure. Yeah, yes. one one guy. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's it's like what Stalin. Well, it's the opposite of what Stalin said, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Three deaths is a tragedy. A million deaths is a statistic. Yes. But that one guy is just a part of a million guys who are going to die this year. So who exactly. Cares? So he's just a smaller part of a statistic. Yeah, it's not yeah. a tragedy, and, ever, and at, at the result, it's glory of of a of a team. Do exactly. you ever, do you ever yeah, get yeah. hit with uh, Mr. Cramps in a game? Uh, yeah, Mr. In a game. <laughs> Mr. Recently, Cramps ever no. pop up? No, Mr. Cramps and I have a difficult relationship, though. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. So I've started eating a banana a day hey, to that's, keep that's Mr. What Cramps I away. That's a, yeah. that's what they say. Banana a day keeps Mr. Cramp away. Exactly. Um. Yeah, but sometimes Mr. Cramps uh, can, like, touch me in weird ways. And, uh, oh, wait. Wait, so you've got <laughs> Mr. Cramps is popping up in your pecker? I've never had a no, cramp no, no, in no, my No, 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 I didn't say where. <laughs> Jack, have you ever had a cramp in your weenie? <laughs> what? No. That's what it sounded like. Mr. Cramps is touching me in a weird way. That yeah. implies weenie. Hey, I, I, I didn't just, say just you touching did. you in a weird way. Yeah, no, it could just be, like, slightly suggestive. Could be stroking your mm-hmm. chest. Yeah, exactly. We're a ton of boys in speedos. Like, yeah, it's true. Can't can, really blame. Can you? Can you go to the bottom of the pool again? You're not allowed to touch uh, the bottom. No. I was. I had read this thing about a uh, Danish team in the 70s in the Olympics, and the pool was like six feet, and um, they were tall enough that they were just walking on the bottom of the pool, and like no one noticed. And then eventually they found out, and then they had to forfeit their Olympic wins. Huh. It's pretty cool. I'd never heard about that one, but yeah, no. My perspective on everything has totally changed. Mm-hmm. I, I had a near-death experience yesterday. Oh, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of a long story, but that's kind of what this is for. Um, <laughs> I mean, one, it was Jack's fault. Okay, no, it was it not was my entirely fault. Entirely Jack's fault. I expected no, that much. You can't attribute so it to me. I can have it directly attributed to him. So there's a curb in front of my house, and whenever I'm driving, you know, Jack to Dairy Queen or something, and we go out, when we get back, I always pull in in a cautious way and back up so as to not hit the curb. Okay. Because supposedly this curb is a tire killer. Yeah. So you just do the safe thing. You go through, you line up your wheels, and and then then I reverse. Exactly. But then the other day, Jack was like, why do you back in like this every time? Like, it's just a waste of time. And I was like, well, I'm just worried about the curb. And his voice has echoed through my head now every time I pull up to that curb. So every time I pull up, I'm, like, thinking in my head, like, debap, you know, like, just send it. Yeah, man. Just go at that curb. Mm-hmm. Now, the other day, I was doing it, just taking my brother home from here. And he had – I've got a football in the back of the car because, you know, you never know when you got to, like, be a guy and throw a football around. Naturally, yeah. And so he had the football, tossed it into my lap. Right as I was doing that, pulling up, and I was thinking, I'm just going to pull into the freaking curb, hit it, hit the weird jutty curb, Yeah, huge thing, car bounces up, Mm -hmm. tire shot on the side, crazy, I'm like pissed. Tire gone, every part of the car just pops out like it's one of those like frog toys, you know? Did you cuss out Benjamin? 
I didn't cuss out Benjamin. I tried to remain cool, and then I got inside, and they started, like, fighting with each other, and I just screamed at them to shut up. And so I was, like, thinking I'm going to call AAA, or my mom was like, you got to, I called her, told her what happened. She's like, you got to call AAA. I'm like, okay. And then I'm thinking I could just put this spare on myself. I'm just going to deal with this. Okay. So, I so went, did you man up? Did oh, yeah, it? no, no. Th- that's easy. I'm, a, I'm, I'm decent enough with my hands. I went out. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you were. You know, the, you, you know, any ladies out there, they know. <laughs> Any of the female listeners of this podcast, they know. So I go out there, you know, get the jack, spare tire, lower the car. Clearly the spare tire is flat. It's like a used car. Like, yeah. Oh, shoot. So I was like, I'm just going to go drive to the tire thing. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I get out, I notice, like, something's very wrong. Like, so it feels like the tire's just not on the car, and my steering felt like it was, like, 25% connected to the wheels. So oh I'm, like, boy. I'm like moving the steering yeah. wheel like this. Like, you know, like full moving circle, my hands bad radio. Down. Yeah, just, yeah, bad, ra- bad radio. <laughs> just to keep the car in a straight line. And then I I was trying to treat this like it's normal. I'm just going to stay calm. So I had, like, KRTY on and listening to country songs, and then all of a sudden, just I hit the tires start. <laughs> <laughs> the tires are just screaming, and then you know I could smell rubber. I'm like, oh no! So I'm pulling out. I rolled down the windows, turned off the radio. My heart's like pounding. I'm terrified. I can't really maneuver the car. Yeah, I'm like scared. Pulling up to lights that it's either gonna pop, blow, or I'm not gonna be able to brake because there's no handling. Like I don't mm-hmm. know what's gonna happen. I'm worried I'm gonna drive into oncoming traffic. I get all the way about one mile down Hamilton. Get to the end. I had to do a U-turn. Oh boy! <laughs> to to get to back to around to where the tire place was. U-turn back slides out. That's what like makes a whole bunch of noise too. Like this is incredibly dramatic. I get there. You've got this Aryan Slavic boy comes up to me. You know, and I'm like, hey, I got a flat. He's like, which one? I'm like, look at it. He's like, oh, you're gonna need. I'm like, yeah, that's a spare. I put it on it. He's like, well, we'll put some air on that. And then he was like. He was like, let me see the tire. Huge gash in it. He's like, yeah, we, we're not going to be able to repair that. I'm like, yeah, no, I know. You can't. It's not a nail. You can't put a patch <laughs> in a ripped open tire. And so he's like, yeah, well, it's going to be some dinero. I'm like, I know. I'm already pissed about this. Like, let's just go inside, work this out. He's going through the options. I picked the cheapest tires. It's still like 60 bucks, $50 environmental fee, $15 oh service fee. It's like 90 yeah. bucks. They do all this stuff. They're going to rotate it, jibba-jabba. But they want you to buy four tires. I'm like, I just want the one. Yeah, I don't fucking care. They do it like kind of unnervingly quick, like maybe fifteen minutes. Jesus! I get out. I get in the car. I'm like, it's still wrong. Like the tire just feels funky. Mm-hmm. Was it a different size tire? No. Oh. So I just start pulling it around. I'm like, something's wrong. So I go back inside. I tell the guy like, maybe the tire's flat. Something feels wrong. He like goes, does all the air pressure, checks them, puts the air more air in the tires, and I start doing it. I'm like still not right but i didn't know what to say at that point so i start kind of inching out as soon as i pulled back on the hamilton right where you get on a 17 i was just like i'm screwed right now yeah like i pulled into traffic and i knew i had to get over and at this point i don't know what's happening with the car but the steering is maybe twice as bad so now it's just like i'm driving a freaking clown car like the steering wheel (laughs) is just like a mild suggestion of what's going to happen with the car and then, you know, the wheels are somehow louder than before. So they're just, <laughs> like, just screaming, screeching the whole time. My heart's pounding even faster. I'm like a freaking hamster. And then all of a sudden, 
I look in the rearview mirror in my in my mirrors, and it's just smoke. Like oh, it's just no. white smoke coming out of the car. It white smells smoke. like bur- it smells like burn rubber. Worse. For some reason, the smell was almost like it smelled a little bit like a sushi restaurant. Like it had oh. a bit of wasabi in the center. Hey, of the that's tire. not that bad. It was strange though. Yeah. So everything in the in the rearview mirror is just white. I'm like, holy moly! I look around. I look back. Every car around me is giving me like a 50 foot bu- buffer because they think that the car is just going <laughs> to hey, explode. That's nice. Yeah, it was kind of cool. So I ended up getting over. I get back. I'm like, really can't get the car up to speed. I'm going like 30. Everyone's in the rush. They want to go quick. I'm like, like the car with the smoke coming out of it. You know, just a nightmare situation. I almost died. There was a merge. Oh, boy. And the, the car noticed that my car was crazy. So they start accelerating. They almost sw- sideswipe me. It's not like I can avoid them. I got no steering, really. <laughs> I get around, I get all the way back to the house as I'm driving like down my street and stuff. I'm like embarrassed. I'm going like 10 miles per hour so that the tires aren't squealing and there's not smoke coming out. Yeah. I get it back. I start looking at it. The front right tire that they changed is basically like diagonal. Like it was yeah, it was basically diagonal when the wheels mm-hmm. were, were aligned, so that's just yeah. a nightmare. And when I would like turn it right the back of the wheel was hitting the wheel well so it's just scraping up the freaking wheel well Uh and then i drove it around the block like was i like hallucinating like i'm like really thinking about it like is this car okay or am i like screwed and then i realized like there's just no way like the drivetrain must be connected to the disconnected of the belt or something with the power steering like this is asinine i've got the no cruise control no anti-lock brake system alerts like the dashboards lighten up i start trying to fix it I get nowhere with that. So then I called this morning, AAA coming up. You know, you, they got to take this thing to a garage. Jack's out. Oh. They got to take this car to a Bye, garage. Jack. Oh. They come. Guy's like talking all this stuff. I'm like, I kind of know cars, but I don't really know cars. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. They, they got to deal with this. So I guess they're going to um, take it to, uh, you know, big O, you know, whatever. I'm going to need an alignment. I'm probably going to need mm-hmm. a new belt. So I got no car. It's all Jack's fault. <sighs> and it's Jack. just crazy. I'm going out of town this weekend, too. Mm-hmm. I can't deal with it then. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm heading out to Dallas to mm-hmm. see Taylor Swift. Oh, dude. My dad is an enormous Taylor Swift fan. Really? Yeah, he yeah, got so uh, for the Reputation Tour. Uh, they, she sent out these boxes that had, like, a video screen in them and, like, a framed ticket that was made out of, like, gold flakes and stuff. And he has one. And it also has a book with all of her lyrics handwritten. Mm. And there were, like, 200 of them, and he has one. And he has it at his house. Um, the funny story of it, actually, though, is another guy on our team, Connor, uh, his parents got it for my dad. Really? Just because it was like on sale or it was at an auction. Wow. And so they bid on it and got it from my dad because they knew how big of a Taylor Swift fan my dad was. Well, I gotta go talk to him. Yeah, no, oh, my that's dad's actually pretty that's great. what you're describing is pretty awesome. But yeah, yeah. no, that's what uh that's what I'm doing. Because I missed the reputation tour in Santa Clara. Yeah. So uh last last mm-hmm. date of the North America tour, so I made I it made it happen to fly out to uh Very sad. to Dallas. Next time uh next time Taylor Swift comes here, you and me We're gonna do it. Be the Lone two boys in the audience. Then, but then you meet. Room. Then you meet a bunch of like-minded girls who are well, twelve maybe, years maybe old. Maybe they're a bit young. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Never on this. I've been a racist, sexist pig on this show, and oh, no. I don't need to say anything about the type of women you'd find at that. 
Well, everyone else has fled the coop. Byron didn't show. Um, but this has been in front of your back. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Nick. Have a good one. You too.